If I found a genie and got three wishes, I'd wish for one, more wishes, obviously. Two, the unlimited pasta pass at Olive Garden. But three, I'd wish to be right here talking to you. Today we'll be talking about my magical space egg making machine from the future, Jordan's new shoes. And then we're jumping into part one of our tenant deep dive. We've got all the fan theories, spoilers, and plot holes you've been waiting for. Stick around. Welcome to Opinions That No One Asked For, or Atnof, or The Nof. My name is Jordan. And I'm McKay. And this is a show where two guys sit down and give their opinions on basically anything, from gourmet corn dogs to temporal pincer movements, <laughs> to evil witch magical magic. The witchy witch magical magic magic. Yes, that it's one. It's evil. <laughs> back off, Agatha! <laughs> Stay back! Don't hurt the kids. <laughs> Man, I... I gotta watch the finale. I feel like I'm already like you. You've watched it, right? Already, yes, right? I watched it. I feel like just talking to you. I feel like something's gonna get spoiled <laughs> even if we're not talking about it. No, I'll keep it under wraps. I, I I'll believe keep it under you, wraps. but I want to watch it so bad. Yeah, it's we mid afternoon on Friday, so we. I was up really late to watch it. Right? We were. I think we watched it at like eleven or at one. 30 in the morning oh is that when it got posted or whatever I so like close to i that. stayed up till 11 30 to listen to quinn 92's new album so oh it was all right. crazy it was yeah, all right. new music it was all right. bruno mars yeah back in the scene with song. anderson pack is that the first time he's released music in a while mm-hmm. i was just since i just kind of assumed that he was releasing music but it just wasn't like on my radar because i don't listen to him that much 2017 20, since yeah, uptown funk yeah no, I'm no, talking about no, like 2014. It's the I can't remember the name of the the record. I don't know. I haven't heard of Stefan forever. The gold. I can't. I when I think noticed. of Bruno Mars, I think of like high school dances and uptown funk, <laughs> and be like, too hot, hot darn, because <laughs> we're Mormons and we don't say the bad word. <laughs> like edited like <laughs> hot mural. <laughs> uh, how was your week? It was good. I. I mean, we talked a few weeks ago on the pod about, like, self-punishment as far as staying up late and then, like, okay. doing it over and over again. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're like, you stay up I, I late, there. so then you're tired. <laughs> I just don't remember. You stay up late, and then you're tired, and then you stay up late again. This week was, like, one of the worst weeks for that, hmm. but it wasn't even, like, productive staying up late. Like, there's sometimes when I'll stay up really late doing homework or working on stuff, and so then when people see me, they're like, oh, you're so tired. I can be like, yeah, I was working on this paper, and they'll be like, oh, here's all the sympathy. <laughs> but, in, but this week, it was like, I was at work just super tired, and like, oh, why are you so tired? And I was like, I watch TV, and just, like, thinking around... <laughs> staying up late like not being that productive i didn't have that much homework this week so i don't really have an excuse Mm. so i don't get the pity that comes with staying up late i get you i feel like it's nice to stay up late when you don't have things going on though because like yeah it's like i stay up late to do homework and then when i don't have homework it's like hmm, i'm gonna stay up late anyways (laughs) but for fun this time (laughs) significantly more enjoyable it makes all the difference in the world yeah so that's that's how my week's been it's been a good week my wife has been very stressed with school so i've just been supportive and playing video games and staying out of her way (laughs) a little bit sometimes (laughs) eating eggs yeah true we got a magical egg maker machine that makes eggs without having to dirty a frying pan which has always been the limiting factor for egg consumption for me because i hate (laughs) making dishes because i hate doing dishes so anyways now that i have the magic machine i eat a lot of eggs Nice. I had seven eggs today of different forms. Including yolk? 
including yolk. Yeah, which is the worst part, I'm, I've been told. But it's also the tastiest part, so. That's where the nutrients are. Yeah, but it, well, there's a lot of protein in the white, right? But that, so that's mm-hmm. why they tell you to do egg whites and not egg Michelle yolks. Michelle informed me two weeks ago that's very fattening, the yolk is. Yeah, that's where the, that's where the chicken lives. Yeah, the chicken. The little baby chicken. You All can't right. see it. That's gross. It's micro- microscopic. <laughs> Don't make me think about it, bro. <laughs> Beef? Right, I'm going vegan again. Was a cow. No! <laughs> surprise, surprise. Speaking of cows, I've been like craving a burger okay for like three weeks what's like your ideal burger when you hit that craving my favorite joint like my favorite because well, yeah because there's a, there's obviously a range of burgers but there's like the in and out burger which is like the cheap the greasy delicious yeah. but like the patty isn't like anything right home about but then you have like the gourmet burgers like i don't know red robin i guess they're not the best example but they're just the first thing that comes bad. to mind but they, but they just sell like quote-unquote gourmet burgers sure, sure. it's like a thick juicy patty that like you yeah. can they ask you how you want it cooked whereas in and out it's all just cooked anyways what's what's your your i, don't know, I just, I just want like a nice flavorful juicy burger so what do you picture nice. when you have that craving i'm just like curious because honestly i think we have different burger I think, opinions i think the best burger i ever had there's a there's a place up in california but it's like a thick patty mm. mine had jalapenos in it yeah. amongst other things like a spread and they had gluten-free buns which is always like a huge plus for burger consumption yeah. for me <laughs> yeah it's kind of a must and they had like amazing like thick fries like sweet potato fries yeah. like oh anyways because me that I, place i'm was a amazing. steak burger fan that's my favorite kind of burger those are good i just, those are really, I just good. really like really good like medium rare juicy patty mm-hmm. which was kind of a turnoff for me in and out of five guys sometimes because they're they, like five guys. They, they're of the the smashed patty persuasion mm-hmm. where yeah it's like good but it's mostly good because like of what they thick. put on it so logan and i my roommate shout out it was his birthday yesterday that's why we stay it late to watch wandavision uh-huh we were going grocery shopping. So I was like, man, we can either go to the habit afterwards or we can just get our own stuff and make burgers. Oh, okay. You guys opted for the, the personal burger? We did it ourselves. We bought right. this stuff. And we bought a lot. And so my burger, way good. Right? Cooked we, on, on like, the stovetop burger? Mm-hmm. Pan fried? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be nice if we could grill. But No, I like dream of not being a broke 24-year-old <laughs> and having a grill. That is- so I found this nice spread sauce oh. hidden amongst the condiments. Right. So good. Walmart, I heard, well, I, I tried it. They started selling a Chick-fil-A ripoff hmm? at Walmart. Oh, like Chick-fil-A a sauce? Yeah. <gasps> Whoa, that's yeah, big. Yeah, my parents bought it. I tried it when I was back home a couple months ago. Yeah, it looks and? way good. It was great. Wait, I, did you I, try it? I couldn't tell the difference. Wow. Yeah. The, that's big news. This is what I've been waiting for because Chick-fil-A... You heard it here first. Well, and Chick-fil-A sells it in a bottle, but it's like... $58 a, a yeah. pint or whatever. So Not about that. Yeah, I just stopped by Chick-fil-A on the way home and asked them for sauces every couple of days and mm. as if I just ordered food. <laughs> oh, hey, uh, can I get a couple of your sauces? Oh, yeah, sure. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> How many do you want? Six. <laughs> How many can Maybe you fit eight. in your, your small <laughs> cashier hands? <laughs> oh, double. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> That's big news, though. Um, I'm at the if, if John Chick Fil A, owner of Chick Fil A, is listening, that was a joke. I didn't mean it. John Chick Fil A, <laughs> Mr. Chick Fil A, sir. <laughs> I didn't mean it. This is satire. It's a comedy podcast. But thank you. <laughs> How's your week? I went bouldering, which is sweet. I got new shoes. Shout out my family. Thank you. Super fun. You and I 
It was corn dog night. Yeah, we we went and tried. I went and tried the the famous corn dogs that we talked about last week. How was it? They were great. They were good. I I threw a little bit of shade at them in our description of the episode last week because I thought it was funny. <laughs> Not threw any uh, shade at the guy, but they were great. Very grateful for the free corn dogs. So Mm-mm-mm. no complaints. Shout out Cameron. We went. We went longboarding that night. Yeah, it was and that fun. was it was really it good was weather. Good. It felt like summer, honestly. Yeah, which is like as a non-Utah resident, I think we're like hyped when the weather's good. But yeah, when I'm yeah, from yeah, Utah, yeah. they're like, we're gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> we need water. <laughs> we need it to snow. We're all gonna die of thirst. here at the opinions that no one asked for podcast i don't feel like i say the name of it often enough you like a name for our hq which is super high tech this is my house (laughs) (laughs) the living room (laughs) we'll think we'll we'll dwell on that anyways we here at the podcast we are no for sending your suggestions christopher nolan fans here Mm. we've talked about him several times before yeah we um have been wanting since we started the podcast actually to do a deep dive into tenant true so uh, I, this week, watched it for just the second time. So we watched it together, whatever that was, like four months ago. That was ago. Thanksgiving break. You're right. That was, yeah, woof, a few months ago. Um, and you watched it this week for the sixth time? Correct. So you've seen it a couple times. Just <laughs> a bit. Same. Just a bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so, three times in theaters. Wow. For the experience. Right. I mean, yeah. Because I, I don't know. Cause, like, I don't know if theaters are going to still be around. And no, then totally. plus, I'm like, yeah, if there's a movie to see in this theaters. This is never going to be the same yeah. on on the on the telly. On the telly. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like, I gotta, I gotta go. I maxed twice. So what's your like? like oh, we should have just done an episode in between each viewing. But what's your like? <laughs> how do you feel after the sixth viewing of Tenet? What's your review? Happy. Does it get better <laughs> each time? Is it kind of like okay? I think. Kind of, um, like, are you trying to stay awake when you're watching it for the sixth time no, in four months? No. To me, I think the movie is just so cool. Because <laughs> it, it just blows my mind. Like, wow, they actually did this and that. And I remember the first time watching, I was just laughing. I was, like, legitimately laughing. Because right. I'm like, this is so so Nolan. And <laughs> I'm like, this is so, Chris. like... Yeah, no, like, honestly, though... Chris, you dog. <laughs> you should have sent me a message before you did this, Chris. You didn't even tell me. It was so Nolan, just some of the stuff he did, his structure and everything. Yeah. And because I'm like, I'm like a nerd and I study him, I'm like a big fan. I'm like, I'm like, okay, that's Nolan. This he does this. This play happened, and yeah, I was right. And um, watching it this many times, it's just fun to watch. It just is visually, a fun movie. Yeah. Visually, it's so cool. Um, just to watch and see, and I think the acting is phenomenal. JD or John David Washington, they call him JD. We're Cute. we're pretty tight. I heart him. Um, I love Which his. I, I, I love even, his like swagger and his charisma. I didn't realize he was Denzel's son until a couple weeks ago. Yeah. So it's even cooler. Mm-hmm. It's cool when like kids of actors are also good actors because sometimes kids of actors get really big jobs and they suck, but they get the nepotist in in the industry. But it's cool when they're good at acting. <laughs> Anyways, she, yeah. So Elizabeth Olsen, great actress. She sister of great actresses. She so. killed it. Um, so yeah, I, I think the acting's good. I love the dialogue. 
um, which I was able to pick up more on upon further viewing. So really? first time, that's been a, a big problem with the movie. Is like I can't hear what the they're saying, which is, is a bad. which is yeah. a big like that's also very Nolan. <laughs> yeah. Also, I think the first time you're watching it, it's so much to take in that it's hard to also pay attention to the words. I think he was trying to get that quick dialogue that we see in spy movies a lot. Okay. And so I think it was kind of intentional to a degree. Um, but upon further viewing, it, like the dialogue is so much easier to pick up on. Like the second time, hmm. I was able to hear it way better. Because I, I honestly, because I like saw it on IMAX initially with you, obviously, and um, like the audio, like the music is too loud or not necessarily too loud but the compared to the, the the vocal levels yes and like i think interstellar is potentially i mean spoiler for some of my thoughts on Tenet. oh also this episode is gonna have a ton of spoilers yeah we're gonna spoil the movie sorry it's been a few months since it came out so yolo um <laughs> now she want a photo you already know though um <laughs> <laughs> why <laughs> interstellar is pro- potentially my favorite movie of all time it wasn't initially but it's gotten better over time and i think interstellar Same. is christopher nolan using loud powerful soundscapes well balanced with vocals like there i have had i've never had issues there's, there's some them. parts in it that's hard to hear them yeah i i, I just think I almost you. all of tenet i have to strain to hear what they're saying okay and i thought it was an imax issue like i thought okay maybe it's an issue but imax probably exacerbates it because imax blasts the bass louder than a normal mm. theater does but watching it this week i watched it on my home tv on dvd and it was just as bad like mm. there there i think it was worse actually watching it at home like there were entire scenes where i just had to lean on my memory of watching it the first time mm, interesting so anyways that's my beef but yeah that's been I, a, a big I, issue i think i did read about it too apparently his normal composer and sound mixer they were caught up on bigger projects i think the composer is working for dune which is hans zimmer, hans zimmer but i mean was, but yeah the composer isn't responsible for the audio mixing of the final cut but because everyone was working in a pandemic i wonder if that also influenced a little bit of that maybe that release quality i think also too chris mr nolan is very very focused on creating an experience for the viewer rather than you being able to hear like little details he wants upon first viewing he wants you just to enjoy it and experience and, like take it in sure which might just be a marketing move on his part so you can watch it again and again but i think that was like an aspect and i know for this movie the soundtrack was i mean he's very the soundtracks are very important to him as any director sure but hans zimmerman hans, hans zimmer, zimmer. anyways he was busy he went to Ludwig Göransson. Uh-huh. I believe how you say his last name. I think the soundtrack is phenomenal. Right, and I have no beef with the soundtrack. It's so sick. Yeah, like I, I totally agree. I think the music is an incredible element of the movie, and I don't think I think it goes perfectly. Well, my my only thing is, I think I think the music and the style of it fits the like the movie very very well. Yeah, and it gives like it matches the vibe right. of what's happening and what you're seeing. Yeah. Um. But I wish he, I wish like certain things lined up better, like in their dialogue. Mm-hmm. I wish it kind of went a little bit better in terms of like the ups and downs and. Well, yeah, I mean, beats, it's just but... a matter of balancing the audio better mm-hmm. at this but... point. Like, because yeah, I, I gotta be honest. I think you're more of a Christopher Nolan fan than I am, so I think you advocate for him being intentional about more choices than I do. <laughs> and I think I don't think it was intentional of him to make it hard to hear what they're saying. Okay. You know? Oh yeah, I agree. I don't think yeah. it was entirely that, but I know he's but yeah, yeah. the experience. Totally. Also, but the soundtrack just by itself It's great, yeah. It's, yeah. I know I was reading like You go on a run and listen to that, you feel like you're being chased. 
waste and the world's about to end and yeah. it's awesome <laughs> i am sure you know this i was reading about how like ludwig what's his face um like he was experimenting with like music that sounds the same backwards as forwards yeah. as well as using like construction noises and like breathing. kind of factory yeah different sorts of noises he had christopher nolan's breathing in there and yeah. using those kind of so- those Procedure. sounds pulled out into soundscapes to use as the soundtrack yeah, it's sick it's very cool he actually got that idea or, i mean it's, i guess it's a standard thing so i talked to my friend about it who's a music major and she's like yeah that's a that's the thing because i asked her about the soundtrack and um i guess ba ba b-a-c-h bach bach <laughs> the famous composer yes yes him that's he was like kind of the one of the pioneers of that of music sounding the same forwards and backwards Interesting. <laughs> and then it, when you watch the movie anytime it goes to someone who's inverted the music will go backwards as well interesting and so it's so like so many that's, tiny that's details sixth viewing insights yes. i didn't catch that on numerous <laughs> yeah so i got to say, like, on my second viewing, I think I liked it less the second time. Interesting. I think I think that a big element of this movie, which is kind of something with Christopher Nolan, is the spectacle of it. Mm. Like, I think... I'm going to keep referring to Interstellar, but I, I personally think Interstellar is Christopher Nolan's best movie. I go back and forth between Interstellar and Inception. Okay, so... But I think Interstellar... Because he, he does the same similar things with Interstellar as Tenet, where he's exploring kind of temporal manipulation and like what time means time. to humans yeah. and the meaning of existence and that sort of thing. But I think Tenet is almost like it kind of has the emotional through line of a James Bond movie. That's kind of what it felt like to me. The it emotional felt, draw isn't the same in Tenet. Yeah, and so Tenet seeing it at home just wasn't as fun to me. Like. I got more cut up on plot holes and like the audio mixing and some of those things when I was watching it at home than I did when it was in the theater because in the theater you have these big beautifully composed shots with this swelling soundscape coming in surround sound and it's incredible and it's mm-hmm. a fun movie I will never say it's not and I enjoy it but yeah. I think that watching it again and it's been a few months in between at home was a significantly inferior experience to uh, seeing it in theaters. I think something too is when you have something so intricate and um, just like complex. Yeah, complex. Thank you. I think naturally you're going to question it more. Sure. Right. And this was based off of a spy movie. I like spy, like the spy movie genre. He wanted that right, that right. feeling and that kind of right. genre in it, but Nolanized. Um, Classic. Chris. What was interesting, I also I have a book on the movie. And we've talked about it on the show before. Haven't yeah, we? yeah. Yeah. So I got the book. Yeah. The tenant book. That's a thing. Okay. And I have it. Yeah. Thank you, Santa. And um <laughs> Santa made it with his little hammers in his little workshop. <laughs> wrote all the words himself. He interviewed them and everything. He did it himself. Love you, man. Um <laughs> But they talked about um the protagonist. Right. And and, and which is the main and, character for yeah. those of you unfamiliar. In context I don't ever actually name him. In context of the spy movie genre. Okay. And how they wanted to add like a humanity side of him that's not often really seen in spy movies in spy movies yeah okay and because the first time i watched it that was the big turnoff for me about the movie was that the there wasn't the emotion wasn't there right. Com- comparatively like, to interstellar yeah it's you like know? a spy movie like a daniel craig spy movie there's no like you're never gonna cry in one of those like yeah like he hooks up with the main female lead at the end of the movie you feel basically nothing for her it's not as meaningful but that's kind of the point it's spy movie Mm -hmm. he's supposed to be suave and unfeeling and yeah anyways but with with this the spy and the protagonist 
that's not there. And it's like, I think the emotion behind it is in his humanity. Because he saves the people in the opera, even when he didn't have to. Right. He's like, it's not our mission. He's like, it's mine now. And he like saves yeah, them. That's true. And everything with Kat and helping him, her and um, her, son. her son and everything. Like, they show this this really empathetic and humane spy that right. isn't really not just killing unnecessarily yeah. all the time yeah and so i thought i didn't really think about that but thinking about it now and plus i was like why aren't they in love why aren't, why don't cat and him like fall in love right that's what you expect from that kind of movie yeah. you expect it inevitably for them to be drawn to each other and but i found out hmm. upon more research more tenant booking yes more tenant booking on the books he's dead in the movie Right, so because like they like you died, so now you're a fresh face protagonist, right. and so now like if he was like fall in love with her, like he he can't he really can't be in her life because it's too dangerous because he he's, doesn't technically a, exist. Yeah, he's a dead man. Mm, interesting. It's like uh, Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, but cooler. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah what I agree too. Like especially when comparing it to spy movies like those, it's a deeper uh, emotionally compelling story than than those. Um, but yeah, I guess I just inevitably compare it to Christopher Nolan's other works because I this mo- this watch through especially was like like we were talking about looking specifically for kind of that emotion especially in the protagonist in mm-hmm. um, John David Washington and I'm glad you mentioned those examples because I didn't really think of those because I feel like especially in his acting um, he's pretty like deadpan not like Daniel Craig deadpan but I mean he's playing kind of like a super spy so he's pretty straight Yeah. but the the one time he really gets emotional in the whole movie is when um, Robert Pattinson whose character I can never remember his name I just call him Neil. I, I took some notes while watching I just wrote Robbie every time um, when Neil <laughs> Robert Pattinson is about to go back into the battle of the climax of the movie sorry these are big spoilers we warned you um, and he's gonna die he starts to like tear up and get really emotional yeah and like I felt I don't know there's a little it, brief instances too where he shows yeah I yeah but anyways, I, continue, continue but yeah continue. It, it felt almost a little bit forced for me at like, the end like yeah his emotion for like the death of Robert Pattinson I don't, I don't know maybe that's me being a little bit too critical of it but I guess I'm just again I'm comparing it to other Christopher Nolan films where Interstellar like by the time you get to this farewell at the end of the movie like I was really feeling it like I was really empathizing and I was really connected into this loss of Murph and the time he had lost and given up whereas this movie which I, I know it's not trying to be the same movie so I should probably stop thinking of it that way but I kind of felt like oh like he's crying now like i was kind of shocked i was like <laughs> i was like i mean it's sad and i agree that you should be like upset that your friend is going to a death that you know is going to happen yeah. but i was kind of just like oh i think too he, that's when he realizes that neil saved his life that's multiple true. times that's true that's a good time. point yeah. at the opera and then at the cage do you want to hear a crazy fan theory about neil hit me with a neil fan theory Neil, the theory is, is that Neil is Kat's and Sater's son. Oh, and they brought him back, like... And so, mm. when when they first meet, he's like, give me more... I forgot his drink. Some cool drink, probably, that I don't know about, because I don't drink alcohol. Yeah. And he's like, and then get him a Diet Coke. He's like, thanks, but I prefer club soda. And he's like, no, you don't. He's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, he's like, you're <laughs> he's like, right. You're yeah. like, well-informed. And then he like asked him questions like, "Would you ever hold a woman hostage?" He's like, "I don't know." He's like, "What about a child?" He's like, "Look, like, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah." And so like, if you when you watch the movie and kind of from that perspective, you can see him asking the protagonist questions throughout, 
and like you see him like asking for things like bring the calgary he's like who's the calgary like who like what is happening Uh so like he he like gives these little hints and glimpses that he's from the future but also he knows him very intimately and well i think those questions too at the the beginnings like would you hold a woman hostage would you what about a child i think it's like very interesting to him and his like if it is cat if cat is his mom and he's the son then it's like interesting in context. Mm, cause yeah, because then it's him asking him specifically because he knows he's going to be put in situations very soon in which he could hold cats hostage. Yeah, interesting. Because yeah, I mean, I would think the same case could be made for all that information and that knowledge is just from them being longtime friends. Yeah, but I do think that's a interesting way to think of it. He also had to dye his hair and change his accent for the movie. Robbie, as well. mm-hmm. really? How did he have to change his accent? Isn't he already? I don't vaguely know. British. I don't know. All British accents sound the same to me. As told by my British accent I tried last week. <laughs> Wanda, don't go. Don't leave me or whatever I said last week. So anyways, a fun theory to think about. Yeah. Um so I've got a couple script doctor uh, plot hole topics to jump into. I know this is oh, not man. your favorite thing. And I don't want to just be like attacking the movie and you feel like you need to defend it. I just kinda right. want to talk through them with you. And like I'm not just trying to like destroy this movie and anything but it's a complex movie and i personally don't think it's as it's more complex time-wise but i don't think it's as sound as a movie like interstellar or inception as far as the technicalities of the the premise of the movie yeah so i i kind of want to suss through these a little bit with you to see what you think so kip thorne is christopher nolan's physicist right the one he worked with in on <laughs> and he consulted yeah. him on this movie too right yes he did and they they went through all the things and be like hey what is just absolute like right bs what would actually work how could this work anyway so they did think through this but obviously well, it's a sci-fi so there's going to be some things that don't work yeah, but and i know i know christopher nolan came out and said like unlike interstellar he said i'm not going to even pretend that this is like rooted in fact like this is yeah, sci-fi yeah, yeah. whereas interstellar it was all based on like Scientist's best guess of theoretical what physics. Yeah, none of it was like disprovable. Yeah, um, but it was right. They got the black hole right. Right. Yeah. You finally got like a picture of it right. from NASA, like, yeah, and it looked like, like how ago. it did in the movie. And I was yeah. like, so so. Except sick. the one thing in our cell, it was the ice clouds. I read the one thing that wasn't scientifically like supported was mm. when they go down to the one planet and they bump into the cloud. Apparently that one, they just threw in there for aesthetic. Anyways, we're not talking about that movie today. Good movie though. Recommend. <laughs> I was like, how can I defend that? Like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, but he's like, that's, that's from them. That's from Kip Thorne. Mm-hmm, yeah. I'm not just attacking your movie. Jordan. I promise we're talking about this. Together. I did this. Okay. I made this. Okay. So this one is less of a plot hole, but maybe also just me making a conclusion about the state of the movie that I think, um, doesn't make sense, but it also does make sense. Is that so? In the movie, they talk about the grandfather paradox, and they kind of consistently say like, "We don't know what would happen." Like, they they confront it a couple times. A and common then, theme amongst paradoxes. I mean, we got that in Inception, too. right? But anyways, yeah. But the kind of what I realized at the end of the movie, which I had forgotten, is that Neil gets recruited by John David Washington. John David Washington gets recruited by Neil. They kind of. Basically, come out with at the end of the movie. No, he doesn't get recruited by Neil. Who's he recruited by? Himself. That's what I'm saying. It, okay, <laughs> that's the point I'm making. Okay, okay. He doesn't get recruited physically by himself. Yeah. What I'm saying is that John David Washington, what they're saying is he founds Tenet mm-hmm. later on. And then essentially Neil comes and works with them. But like he gets recruited by people that he recruited. Yeah. So the whole premise is a grandfather paradox. Yeah. It, it's impossible. Like there's no start to Tenet. No one starts it or finishes it. Like the cycle doesn't begin. So. I understand that, like, 
that is they're them trying to lean into this theme but i also think that it's just an inconsistency in the plot to me like it can't happen i get i get what you're saying well because it's a paradox so like right. who's to say it can or can't i feel like there's one of those things it's like okay mm, but i push it but like it, in this case it's gonna look, stretch because it's, it's, sci-fi it's, movie, it's the know? inverted version of the grandfather paradox because you're not going right. killing your grandfather finding out what happened it's there's no start it's not there's no end so mm. it can't happen yeah. like how does like a you also have to remember too that uh, the whole movie is a temporal pincer movement right it's so like in the movie it's like the car chase scene right and basically what what happens is it's this intersection between two timelines right two, going like, in both directions yeah time going forwards and backwards at the same time and interacting right which happens several times in the movie yes and so basically like a temporal pincer movement is basically that idea like an intersection of time with the different entropies right and so like the whole movie is like that and throughout the movie you see different attacks of people using that so like the very final fight scene you have people who are inverted and people who are moving forward through time regularly right. the same people fighting at the same time yeah. and interacting at the same time and so that's like the whole movie you have to apply that idea and that concept to the whole film right for what it is which is but that doesn't crazy. change the idea of the crucial yeah, paradox at the think same about. Time. but yeah interesting i also think like paradoxes too it's a paradox and it's a sci-fi it's like you know right, I, it's gonna be I understand but i think you're advocate like you're giving them the benefit of the doubt on what i see is like a plot hole so yeah that's that Thanks for listening to part one of our tenant deep dive here on opinions that no one asked for opinions that no one asked for is produced and hosted by me mckay minden and jordan sitterud original music for this week as always was by tyson sitterud if you've listened this far i love you so much make sure to jump back in later this week when we give you more plot holes and complaining about probably the best movie of the past couple years 